0: You know, my experience is learning from experience, and it isn't always learning the hard, you know, it isn't always learning like, you know, the easy way. I have learned the hard way a lot of, a lot of the time, which has been my personal experience and has enabled me to grow massively. My negatives are, you know, waking up in the morning, having enormous brain fog, not knowing where to channel my energy, you know, a million things in my mind is not necessarily knowing where to prioritise. You know, lack of concentration, which has always been, you know, an enormous part of my ADHD. Um, and then the positives very much being like being able to troubleshoot. I'm really, really good at solving problems and thinking of solutions to problems. And I'm also very quick when it comes to sort of thinking of ideas. Also, from a creative standpoint, if I'm in a room of people and we're thinking creatively, my mind works in the maddest of ways, where I think so differently to I think, the norm. I've never been into the norm ever with anything in my life. I've never, ever liked doing the normal things
1: Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of Millennial Entrepreneur. The ambition of the podcast is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable and inspiring stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and that will allow us to bring on big guests and ask the questions to them that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. So thank you again for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode. Hey, Josh, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. I've been, I've been wanting to come like have on the podcast for a long time. I know I say that to about a few guests, but given that I haven't actually recorded for a long time you know this is one of the first recordings i've done in 2023 you were definitely like one of the first ones i wanted to have on because of you know you've been on some other podcasts i've been following can of water for a while and uh i think i saw you on a sidemen video as well and i was like okay this guy's everywhere i need to get him on <laughs> no no it's
0: great to be here you know um looking forward to telling the story
1: yeah because it's quite funny because obviously and you've got the product you've got the business but you as a founder, like you definitely do things that other founders don't <laughs> like, like being on Sidemen videos and doing things like that. Like, have you always been sort of a different kind of founder than the other ones? I've definitely been different.
0: Um, but in all honesty, all of those things like the Sidemen stuff and like a lot of the stuff that I do is actually me coming out of my comfort zone. It's actually not me in my biggest, uh, in my biggest comfort zone, in all honesty, I mean, sometimes people ask me what's one of the hardest things in business and i think that going outside of your comfort zone and doing things that are uh not necessarily like in your making is actually has actually been you know some of like the biggest where i've learned some of my biggest lessons so in all honesty no i am i you know it's it, it that that wouldn't have been me Different, yes. I've always been very—I would say that I've been quite different to my peers. I've always thought differently, um, and I put that a lot down to sort of like me having ADHD, and my mind is thinking a million different things at any given time. So I'm definitely different for sure.
1: Yeah, this is the thing as well. I think with like newer founders, is that there is no real conventional founder. There's no real like this is what a founder is. That's that's the beautiful thing as well. Like what the what, what like is what's coming through. I think ADHD is one of those things as well, especially like it used to be one of those things that in school at least, I've got I've got dyslexia as well. Like it's one of these things that people definitely look down on. And I think now, like, I would say it's more of a superpower more than anything. Like I've seen a lot of founders that have been diagnosed with ADHD later in life and they're kind of like proud of it. I I I personally work with a lot of other founders that have got ADHD and it's like it's such a pleasure working with them. In so many different ways they come up with so many creative I- ideas, and it, it, it's it is a pleasure in a lot of different ways. Like so, uh, there is no real conventional founder anymore. I would say.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, and I, I really love how you put that because there isn't a conventional founder, and I think that that was one of my biggest fears: is that would anyone sort of accept like a founder with ADHD? having gone to uni and 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 it is an unconventional entrepreneur um and i think that that is definitely something that was you know a big fear of mine and one of the reasons you know one of the things that stopped me actually um in many times of going out of my comfort zone and speaking to others and be, uh, sort of being fearful uh, around being people that have uh, you know a lot more experience than me uh, a lot more sort of academic than me i mean I found out that I had ADHD when I was 11 years old, um, quite early in life, and um, for me at that age, um, it was an enormous negativity, um, huge. And uh, up until I was probably since starting Can of Water, probably only in the in the last sort of four or five years have I actually seen ADHD as being a positive. And to be completely honest with you, that is mainly because of the awareness, exactly of what you just said that. People are now talking about it, and I do look at it as my biggest strength. Um, it enables me <laughs> to think differently. It also enables me to hyper um, concentrate on on certain things. That you know, when it when it came to can water, when it came to when it comes to other sort of aspects of my life, I literally can put a thousand percent into something, and I become completely and utterly obsessed with trying to uh, make that work. So it's definitely something yeah. that is. Is, is a positive but you know it, it, is, um, it is tough and it is it's tough for me every single day still um, at 32 years old having ADHD but in all honesty I've learned about uh, like you know how to use the positives and how to sort of swerve away from the negatives if that makes sense and I'm still learning yeah. but it's definitely it's, it's a work in progress.
1: Josh, given that there's like a lot more awareness now, people are talking about it as you say, and I know a lot of of young people listening right now that are are either entrepreneurs right now or looking into getting into it, and they might have just been diagnosed with ADHD or they got it, you know, they diagnosed a while ago. It's like, so, like, what are the negatives that you've experienced, and what are the positives, and also, as you said, like, how do you remedy the negatives and turn them into positives?
0: Yeah, I think you know, my my experience is learning from experience and it isn't always learning the hard the the you know it isn't always learning like you know the easy way um, i have learned the hard way a lot uh, a lot of the time which ha- has been my personal experience and has enabled me to grow um you know massively um my negatives are you know waking up in the morning having enormous brain fog not knowing where to channel my energy you know a million things in my mind and not necessarily knowing where to prioritise, you know, lack of concentration, which has always been, you know, an enormous part of, um, you know, an enormous part of my ADHD. Um, And then the positives very much being like um, being able to troubleshoot. I'm really, really good at solving problems and thinking of solutions to problems and I'm also very quick when it comes to sort of thinking of ideas. Also, from a creative standpoint, if I'm in a room of people and we're all thinking creatively, my mind works in the maddest of ways uh, where I think so uh, so differently to, I think, the norm. I've never been into the norm ever with a- anything in my life. I've never, ever liked doing the normal um the normal thing. So I think that's something that's, you know, I'm completely and utterly obsessed with music. Music is something that can just completely change my mood overnight. Um, So so like, it's it's one of those things that could be like this one day and then this another day. And I I use music actually, I use music as a form of changing the way uh, that I feel, uh, which has always actually been quite, it's like a hobby. And I think for people with ADHD, a hobby, is really, really important um, outside of work, by the way, because I yeah, think work's one yeah. thing, but that can, be, that can be a dangerous hobby because then you can burn out. But if you have something outside of that, um, I think that it's really, really, uh, really, really key to sort of keep your mind at bay. And um, yeah, it's, it's helped me massively having a hobby.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would love to obviously dig down into that, but I really want to talk about can of water. So yeah, you said that your mind works more creatively. And one of the ideas, one of the creative ideas was can of water so where did that where did the idea actually come from? So firstly, explain what it is, and then secondly, where did the idea come from? for sure, so essentially,
0: can of water is a steel and sparkling can of water um cans are a lot more recyclable than plastic um so yeah it's um for the for the viewers I'm holding up for one, uh, one right now too, yeah. for the youtube viewers um. And yeah, the reason um, it's in a can is because plastic is more recyclable, cans recycle forever. You know, a a, a big stat is that uh, around 75% of aluminium that was produced in the 1800s is just still in circulation. So the loop is just so, you know, it's so amazing. But in all honesty, this wasn't something that, um, you know, that was part of my childhood or part of my life. And that's where the idea comes in, because... You know myself and my three good friends went to um to Thailand and on a on a holiday and saw how bad the plastic problem was. You know, it wasn't something that we'd never seen before. It wasn't something that we, we were expecting to see. It was just something that that we had stumbled upon and was like, you know, how how is this possible? How is this how is this being allowed to happen? Um, and it was like this like hidden evil behind these brands, uh, you know, that's how sort of we saw it, brands that we grew up loving and, uh, you know, had trusted, really. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, and you know, this, this is another ADHD side effect, uh, you know, we, we came back and most people would just, you know, get on with their lives, but we became completely and utterly obsessed with trying to come up with a way of, uh, of, of making a difference and, and changing this, and through doing um, extensive amounts of research you know saw that aluminium is is you know an incredible material that actually is recyclable, unlike you know plastic where it might be recycled a few times but then it can't be recycled and every time you recycle it it loses its quality whereas aluminium yeah. has infinite yeah. quality so a can. Could always become another can and it will never, ever, ever change. And that will be like that forever. Whereas a plastic bottle, it might be able to downgrade 10 times and then it will just get made into like a park bench. But how many park benches do we need? And then you get to the problem where, like, it can, you know, with microplastics, where, you know, if it's in tires or on roads and all these things, it's like, how do you stop? these microplastics getting into the ecosystem. So I think that in all honesty, you know, we weren't environmentalists, we're not environmentalists, we're not experts within environmental studies. We just were three normal guys who basically stumbled upon something and thought, you know what, there's, there's, there's real opportunities here to make change. And I think that, you know, essentially, that is what can of Water is. You know, it's a it's a product that is giving people uh, a more um, recyclable solution to try and um, you know remove plastic from the ocean.
1: And what and where is the growth of that? So you came up with the idea, and you obviously became super focused on that. And it's an incredible premise, right? Like it makes a ton of sense. Plastics. Like, it can't be recycled as much as aluminium. Uh, like, all those problems that you mentioned. The can looks super nice as well. It looks super clean. And I guess, like, what's the, just so people, like, understand, what's the sort of, like, growth of the business right now? Like, which stores are you in? How many people are drinking it? I saw yesterday Jack Grealish from Manchester City was drinking it. Like, it's a bit mad. So, how... What's the state of the business currently? For sure. Do you know
0: what? Before we go into that, I, I always like to tell people how we got here because I think it is so easy to say where we are we are now, but I think that the important thing is to talk about like how we got here with like the blood, sweat, and tears because you know we yeah, are. I was gonna some... I was gonna
1: go through that afterwards. So it's like fine. here's where oh, we yeah, are. Yeah,
0: fine, fine. Um, well, you know, because because it, it's funny because a lot of people and this is something that is incredibly important to like you know to people young, old, whoever, anyone getting into business is, everyone sees the great things like Jack Grealish holding the can and Tesco and, uh, you know, Calawater water and Windsor Castle and all these things. But I think um, the important thing is to, to, is, is, you know, to also remember how, how it got there. And I think that, you know, I was thinking recently you know, around, um, around this topic about, you know, every can that you see it got there through like this blood, sweat and tears. It, it sort of, it didn't just arrive on the shelf. And I think that that's something that no one really sees. And, and it, this isn't just about can of water. This is about loads of different brands um, and, and loads of different, um, you know, there's a team behind it that essentially is working, uh, working their arse off to, 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 to make it happen. But our journey was seriously scary, painful. Risky, um, where no one really believed in 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 in, in, the, in the product, and you know we, we're obviously lucky now, and we're not even lucky. You know we we've, we've worked incredibly hard to get to, to to get to where the brand is now. Um, but the brand, you know, it is it, so amazing to see people like Jack Greenish holding holding the can. It's, it's, it's really amazing.
1: before we go on, I want to quickly tell you guys about the podcast new sponsor, Riverside. Now I get asked by so many people on how to start a podcast. Including probably many of you listening at home. Now there's so many podcasts out there that have awful sound quality. Now the reason why that is because many of them record on platforms like Zoom or Google Meets that they're not built for podcasting. So that means when they record with a the guest, they use a platform like Zoom. If the internet goes down or you know they don't hear the question properly because the you know the stuttering and buffering, then you know the whole quality is affected. And this is exactly where Riverside comes in. So Riverside, the reason why the quality is so high when it comes to recording with guests remotely is because they record audio and video locally, which means at the end of the recording, you have a video and audio file for both yourself and your guest, which means if the internet goes down for a second, you, as the listener, you don't hear that. So many times I've been on podcasts like recording remotely and the quality is bad because you know the internet goes down or I can't hear them that well. But because Riverside records on their side and my side, and when it comes to editing, you just put them together and no one can tell the difference. And it's just very, very high quality video and audio. And another good thing is that so many of these other services require you to download a software. That's not the case. You just use it from the browser. And the only thing you need to do is send the link to your guests. They don't need to download anything either. They're just ready to go. If you've been listening to my podcast, been recording remotely this year, 2023, they've been done on Riverside. The quality's high, the video's good. There's no real complaints there. It's just like the easiest thing. So if you are interested, then use the code CENA15. That's S-I-N-A-15. And that gives you 15% off discount on all individual plans. The link is in the description. Now let's get on with the rest of the show. So where where's the business right now? Like briefly, and then I really want to focus in like one of those points that you mentioned of like all the yeah, the blood, sweat and tears moments where you're like like people see the Jack Grealish, but they don't see behind the scenes of like what For we sure. were actually doing day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: so right now the company is, um, you know, we are in growth, you know, the business is in the best place that, you know, it's ever been. We've got some enormous distribution across, uh, nationally across the UK, um, uh, certain parts of Europe, you know, you can find kind water in, um, uh, in a load of the major sort of supermarkets, independence, you know Amazon. You know some people that see it in their office. They might see it in their university, at school, in their fridge because their sibling or their parent brought it home from an event. You know, it's sort of like you know, it's um, it's so amazing to see sort of like the widespread that comes from um, you know a water brand because we all drink water. Um, you know, we all we all drink water. So yeah. It's a necessity. It's a necessity in life and. I think that you know the the, the tough thing of, about uh, canned water is obviously it, it's new. It's uh, it's something that people aren't used to. It's something that uh, you know we'd be silly to think that everyone knows what what canned kind of water is because there's plenty of people who don't. So you know, essentially, people are still learning about the product every day. Um, but it definitely definitely intrigues people, and exactly what you said before, it looks different it looks cool yeah. and um, people see it and they're like oh what's this and then it's they go into this journey of like do I like it do I not like it oh it tastes a bit weird but actually it just tastes it just tastes of water I'm expecting it to be sparkling and then after they've got through that they're like oh wow this is actually you know a great product and I think that's, yeah. the, that's the journey there
1: okay so it's wonderful you're in you're in all these different places supermarkets events across europe and the uk so when you're to that stage that where people know you and it, you know back then people wouldn't drink water out of a can and even now it's still like a bit of a friction point i'm guessing so it's like you i mean the the, the biggest one i is like it's literally just water in a can like so for people being like should we really take you as a business seriously so it's like what were you what were you sort of like coming up against in that sort of phase
0: it was it was incredibly hard you know it was um hundreds of calls thousands of calls you know and uh, the first three years you know me and the other two founders just making as many calls as possible um, standing outside of train stations planting can of water anywhere in london um, in, at events. In people's hands, standing outside of like London Fashion Week or all these different places, just sort of trying to get a can of water in anyone's hands because everyone thought that it was a very stupid idea um, at the time because no one really understood why. Um, you know, we would we would say, "Oh, it's a water in a can," and like in the early days, people would just be like, "You know what?" They just wouldn't understand it, um, and it's so incredible that year after year. Um, I I I genuinely, and I witnessed it firsthand. I saw people going from like never understanding to a little bit, to a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little, little bit more, and it just kept on going and going. Um, and, and that's actually through the consumer in all honesty. You know, like the consumer being a bit more aware, whether it be them seeing a video of a turtle with a straw in its nose, or they saw something on BBC where it was David Attenborough talking about how bad the plastic problem was. Or it was a family member that has always been talking about how bad plastic is. And, you know, all, all of these things, um, you know, we, we're, we're very fortunate because in 20, um, in 2018, we were about three months away from closing can waters doors. Uh, the business wasn't getting anywhere. It, um, you know, wasn't generating any revenue. We were building this small little brand that really no one really knew, but it was sort of Generating a little bit of hype, but it wasn't really sort of getting anywhere. And um, you know, it was at that point where it was like, okay, well, if this doesn't work in the next few months, we're just going to run out of money, and then that's it. Um, and mm-hmm. we were very, very fortunate that through serious amounts of hard work and great timing from David Attenborough doing Blue Planet, that the world sort of switched a little, a little bit. Because you know, if it hadn't have, we would have, uh, we would have, we wouldn't be here today. Um, can of water wouldn't have existed i don't think that any other canned waters would exist today which you know you could look at as competition but at the same time i look at it as um, opportunity and also you know it's the reason we exist because we want to inspire other brands to do the same thing um yeah. and you know in, in all honesty you know if we yeah i, I think it's, it is i'm really glad that we stuck it out because you know i see so many amazing entrepreneurs giving up a little bit too early just because they might think it's not their time, but, you know, their time may be just around the corner. Um, and me and, my, me and my business partner, um, Ariel, you know, we always used to say like, we're on the cusp, we're on the cusp, like it's his coming, it's coming. And just like, you know, we're still on the cusp, but at the same time, you know, we've got over these hurdles. And I think that that's just, it's just an up and down journey. Like it
1: really for you, is an up and down. Josh, for you as a founder though, like because so, yeah, you were saying you, you're like three months away from like literally running out of money and and the co- co- like convincing the consumer is very difficult, right? Because it's like you're convincing people one, like one at a time, whereas selling towards businesses is, is slightly easier. You just need to convince one business and that's it. Like you've got a, a decent amount of revenue. However, and obviously like the businesses that you want to sell to, they sell to customers as well. So it's like, it's one of those ones but for you as a founder did you have any moments of of doubt in those moments like i mean every founder's got them but i feel like with you being that close to running out of money that the the feelings of doubt must have been fairly strong
0: really really strong i mean for all of us um uh, really you know burn out nearly every but like burning out nearly every day uh deep sort of like depression and mental health sort of you know um bouts you know are we the only ones that really um think that this is going to work are we you know are we flogging a dead horse um you know all, all of these things sort of i guess went through our mind Of you know maybe this isn't maybe this isn't right and um, i had experienced failure before um so for me it was also like oh is this another one um I, after my first failure, you know, I didn't really think I would ever find something uh, again. And then I had, and then like, you know, it's like all of these sort of like self-doubt and that imposter syndrome mentality of like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? But at the same time, the way that we worked and the way, the obsession that we had to be different and to, still be creatively different to other competitors and other people in the industry. I really believe that our thinking different really sort of got us to the next level. Um, and out of that because we were always sort of challenging ourselves. And it was it was it, it sort of was like, we're not gonna let this ship sink, like, it's just not gonna happen.
1: But what, what, what kept what kept you going in those moments, then? Because you had those moments of doubts, mental health, pro- like mental problems. There, as you mentioned, like what, what actually kept you going at that point?
0: You know what? I think that I, I say it a lot in podcasts. Like we were so passionate. Like I, I, I don't drink out of plastic. I haven't drank out of plastic for seven years. You know, I really and certainly so the boys like we really, really believed in this, and I just think that like authenticity and passion, which for me is like the number one thing when it comes to. A lot of like brands is like, do you practice what you preach? Do you actually believe in your in your in your mission? If you do, don't don't give up. Um, I find that a lot of the people that that sort of that that that, that do give up, whether it be positive or negative, because some people give up because they have to give up, you know. So not you know, and, and and I I've always been about embracing failure. I think it's really really important. I mean, like, don't bottle it is our uh, is our slogan and you know that isn't just around people sort of like you know don't bottle it mate you know it isn't about that it's actually like even if you fail just like get up and you know you, you you can you can uh you can do it again but i think that it passion authenticity and having that drive and i i you know i always say about naivety as well we were so young you know we were like 22 23 it was like we, we were so naive, so even if people were like, it's not gonna work guys, we were like, yes, it will, it will work, you wait, we're gonna make it work. And I think that that is something that is very like, um, instrumental in Waters' sort of like, success in the early days, is that we just wouldn't take no as an answer.
1: What's the biggest pushback you were you were getting, like from consumers, businesses, like whoever, investors?
0: Yeah, I don't. So it wasn't even investors, you know, consumers were like, sort of like, uh, you know, education is is key. But once consumers get it, they, you know, they they un- they understand why I think one of the biggest things was, you know, retailers sort of like, not necessarily wanting it to happen, whether it be because They don't make as much, you know, uh, margin with a can. And at the time, you know, like no one wants to be the first and no one wants to be the last, in all honesty. And, you know, getting that first was, you know, just really, really tough. And you've got to get, you know, you've got to get loads before people, you know, start to sort of, um, you know, if you can't beat them, join them type of mentality. And, you know, I think that people, even now, you know, people who, you know, people are still making the decision of whether they're going to take can of water. And essentially the great thing is, is, you know, can of water is, 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 is in so many amazing places. It's, it's like, and, and we continue to grow. And I think that's because, you know, people are, people are seeing it places that are actually, you know what, maybe this is the future. Maybe this is, you know, I always used to compare it to like Blackberry to, to Apple we all had a blackberry we were all obsessed with our bbms and our pins and all this malarkey and that one... yeah. <laughs> and um you know i think one of the main you know one of the main things is um, when, when that one person got an apple iphone you were like why have they got that you know why have they got that why have they got that and that was the that was the innovator that person was the innovator and you know essentially over time you're like i'm not going to an iphone i'm not going to an iphone and then like you know a year later you're like you're on an iphone and everyone's got an iphone Mm -hmm. and that is very similar to can of water you know it's like it's it starts small start with one person go to 10 go to 100 go to a thousand you know now we've you know sold over 30 million cans (laughs) you know it's, it's an incredible, incredible, uh, I, for me as a founder, it's, you know, it's so amazing to just, it started as three of us and now it's, you know, it's, it's, it's way beyond the three of us, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible, incredible uh, brand and business, you know, we've got 12 people that sit downstairs mm-hmm. in our office that are easily, if not more, you know, they're, they're, they're so passionate and it's that, 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 that actually excites me massively that there are other people.
1: Before I wrap up the podcast, I would love to ask, because I know so many people will be listening saying, how has this brand grown so much? It's literally just water in a can. Like, how has it grown so much? So I would love to get that message from you. Like, as a brand that you've grown to this level of scale, you just said 30 million cans, which is incredible. What would you say is a sort of competitive advantage that you guys have carved out for yourselves?
0: Yeah, I think it's think different. I think it's move with, you know, move with the times as well. Sort of like, look at, you know, look at all different audiences, always sort of be on the ball um, in, in different areas, whether it be in culture, um, even within, you know, within the market. So sort of like always be ahead of the curve, I think, which is, you know, which of Water you know, was. And um, as I said to you before, you know, teamwork is, is enormous. You know, we have we an incredible teams. I think without the team, we wouldn't be where we are. Um uh, but also, like authenticity and drive, because I think that is that is where we where people can't compete is that we we we, we, were, we were the first people to do this in the world we've never sold a plastic bottle we live and breathe this brand and the cause that we're fighting for, and I think that that really you know. That, that that's that you know as a founder i still you know i i, I still believe to this day that you know can of water when it comes to all the other you know brands out there we we really really sit up there as an authentic brand because it's got nothing to do with you know the big profits and this and that i mean it it, it does when it comes to you know we're a business and we need to you know <laughs> obviously you know We need to make money, but the number one, you know, the number one for us is like, how can we always be doing better and how can we always be the best?
1: I love that. I think that's an amazing message to actually end the podcast on. So Josh, I loved hearing about Cano Water um, and I'm sure loads of people want to follow the journey as you're going on. So how can people stay in touch with you and Cano Water going forward? For sure. So uh, you can follow
0: Cano Water at Cano Water on all forms of social media. Um, or you can visit us
1: at www.cannonwater.com. Fantastic! Thank you so much, Josh, for coming on the podcast again, and I'm sure we'll chat very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you.